0: I'm a little slappy. Welcome to episode 46 of the Hit The Deck Podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. Another week, another Hit The Deck Podcast, another chance for James and I to say thank you so very much for listening. James, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing pretty well,
0: thanks. How about yourself? I can't complain too much, or at least I won't. (laughs) We all can, I'm sure, but nobody wants to hear us complain. They want to hear us talk about hockey, yeah? I mean, I assume that's why people listen. I can't think of any other reason.
1: Sounds good to me. All right. We appreciate it. Yep. So uh, what's going on? Uh, Not much, man. Just hopefully keeping my fingers crossed that we actually play some deck hockey this weekend. Yeah, I don't know. With the snow still on the ground,
0: it's uh, not looking great, but it has been melting some. So we'll see what happens.
1: Okay. Come on, uh, deck hockey gods. Help us out, please. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, Mother Nature. I hope (laughs) Mother Nature is a hockey mom. Yeah, seriously, especially because the American Rhino has some great goodies planned for the LIQ, and I'm dying to find out what they are. So uh-huh. I'm sure everybody else is as well. And I'm been... sure. Mm, let's go.
0: <laughs> you know uh, what else? We have some goodies planned for this show. We've got a lot to talk about, so why don't we get right to it? And would you be so kind as to... Uh... Oh, no. You know what? I'm jumping the gun, aren't I? We haven't even introduced ourselves. I can't ask you to tell us what's going on in the show if we haven't introduced ourselves. It's just rude. I'm a rude person. I apologize. All right. Well, maybe I should introduce myself. Maybe I should. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be just peachy? I don't know why I'm antagonizing the listener for something that I forgot to do. It's Really, it's not your fault. I'm just absent-minded. I'm an absent-minded rhino. Anyway, uh, so let's jump into the starting lineup. For tonight's starting lineup, as ever, in goal, I am number 35, the American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my
1: very patient co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sejazy.
0: Yes, James. Okay, now, I think it is now okay. It's officially okay to ask if you wouldn't mind putting up with my nonsense and also telling us what is on deck for this particular podcast. I will be happy to, Coach.
1: Thank you. Scarface. The last time we played deck weeks and weeks and weeks ago, the American Rhino ended up getting a scar on his fist. The coolest thing about that badge of honor was it looked like an angry tough guy face. Most appropriate and well-earned by the American Rhino. Deck hockey resolution checkup number one. As promised, I will give you an update on my deck hockey resolution, preferably during the first Hit the Deck to air of each month. Checkup 1 was cut from the last couple of podcasts because of time constraints, so the first update is coming up in HTD 46. Bandwagon. As is so often the case in sports, it gets streaky. After not climbing on in almost a year, the American Rhino and I are back on the bandwagon for the second straight hit the deck. Michelle Tarion was axed by the Montreal Canadiens and replaced by recently available head coach Claude Julien. Again... We'll delve into that amazing coincidence and we want to know what you think of it too. And watch it, pal. In anticipation of Slapshot's 40th anniversary, which Gary and I will celebrate as part of next week's HTD, we have a fascinating hockey movie you should check out. The film is called The Last Gladiators and is a documentary on the hard career and life of NHL enforcer Chris Nyland. It is available on Amazon Prime and is free with subscription just to make sure the kids aren't around when you watch. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. All right. that's uh, That sounds like a very full
0: show, so we should probably get to getting on that. Well, Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> so I hear tell that I have an interesting injury to discuss.
1: Yeah, uh, trying not to be too macho here, so apologies to any of the female listeners out there, but um, one of the cool things in... in that guys like to, I don't know, just speaking for myself, I guess it's, it's always kind of a badge of honor. If you will, if you get a scar from doing something cool, like uh, if you get a scar on your chin from falling down on the concrete, cause you were clumsy, that's stupid. But if you get a scar on your chin because you blocked a shot or you were playing baseball and you, you know, you got hit in the, in the jaw or something like that, then that's cool. It's something to talk about, you know, it gives you character if you will.
0: I have a scar on my chin from getting hit in the chin uh, with a glass bottle during a play. Where does that rank on
1: the, the scale of cool? Oh, man, the fact that you uh, you are a tough, tough cookie, man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's where it ranks. It ranks uh, 10 out of 10. Because if you get nailed with a glass bottle, especially if you're not expecting it. And I'm sure you you'd carried on with the show, right? Did you even miss a beat? No. <laughs> I was apparently bleeding all over everybody from the first act. Yeah, right, but it didn't stop you.
0: (laughs) It wasn't even a performance. It was a dress rehearsal.
1: (laughs) Oh, God bless. Oh. uh, Yeah, I mean, Gary is way too humble. And uh, just to let you know, he's playing hurt tonight, too, because he's under the weather. But uh, playing goalie uh, in deck hockey, especially a butterfly goalie, which means his style is that he's uh, going down a lot and, and is very physical. Um. And very hard on his knees. So Gary having pretty much two bad knees, right? I mean, with the braces yeah. and all that stuff. I've
0: had, I have had bad knees before I started playing deck hockey from my days of high school track. So uh, running on yeah. concrete for all those
1: years. So yeah, I mean, this is just the icing on the cake, really. So Gary's tolerance for pain is extremely high. Uh, I don't want anybody testing that, please. But uh <laughs> You know he, he's 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 a man's man, if you will. So. Oh yeah, that's me. I'm I'm a real like uh, outdoorsman, and uh, just I'm
0: a man's man. Like uh, what was it uh, Steve Regal in uh, right, the old yeah, WWF? Yeah. He's a man. He's a man's man. That's me.
1: Hey, you got Viking blood in you, man. So that's uh, true. I am speak. one quarter Viking. So. Uh- between that and having the nickname the American Rhino, uh, you are not a man to to mess with. So yeah, anyway, right. point being that he has a very high tolerance for pain. And uh, all the times that he's getting hurt and playing hurt, he just never brings any attention to it. And a lot of times he will never, ever use that as an excuse. And, and, and a lot of times we don't even realize it. So it's much appreciated. A couple of weeks ago when we did play, somehow you got a scar on your on your knuckle – and having the blocker and the glove on, it, it's kind of interesting how that came about. But the funny thing about it was it looked like an angry face. So uh, if, if – pardon my memory, but uh, if you haven't posted it on Instagram yet, please do when you get a chance to show everybody what we're talking about.
0: Uh, I haven't and I
1: will. Thank you, To, sir. to
0: answer your question about how it happened, uh, basically my catching glove – I think I talked about this on the podcast before, but basically I had this, uh, I think it's a Bauer catching glove that I got, but I could never break it in. So I just went back to my old tour catching glove, which is very well broken in, but the strings keep like coming apart and and the flaps come open sometimes. So in this particular instance, a string came loose. I didn't realize, and I guess I went, I was, I had to drag the glove on the ground for some reason I don't remember why, and at some point I scraped my knuckle, my uh, left knuckle, and I only noticed because during intermission one of my teammates came over and opined that I was bleeding. So uh, <laughs> I, I was like, "Oh yeah, so I am. I guess I have to fix my glove." So, but yeah, when when the game was over and you know I cleaned off the blood, I noticed that it did in fact look like an angry face. And I thought that was kind of cool. So I suggested this segment, uh, not so much because I'm a a, a big, strong, tough guy, because I'm not. But because I thought that, you know, it was kind of, uh, as James said, it was kind of a cool, uh, it's not even a scar, really, because it's mostly faded. It was just more more of a scratch than anything. But, you know, I I said to James, you know, I think we could have a good segment about, uh, you know, whether you've had any cool kind of injuries or, or, you know, cool scars or, uh, you know, injuries that you're proud of or injuries that have a cool story attached to them. So I think this just this was less a cool story and more of just a a cool happenstance. But James, is there anything that you're particularly proud of over the years or or that has uh, any particularly interesting story attached to it?
1: Yeah, not really, and uh, I preface this with with uh, being careful what I wish for. So, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, right, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with uh, not looking like the the villain in Batman: The Animated Series that the which was named Scarface, the the uh, ventriloquist doll with a big dash on his cheek. <laughs> yeah, um, or know, uh, Zaz,
0: right? Uh, yeah, for right. for those of you who don't know, Zaz is a Batman villain who he's like a serial killer who likes to kill people with knives, and for every person he kills he cuts a slice into his skin to remember them by so he his his whole body is just covered with like slices and scars from all the people he's killed anyway this isn't the hit the bat podcast that's not anyway. that's
1: sorry please go on so well, that's a heck of a lot more interesting than what I was going to say. So I don't, I don't have any great scars or, or cool stories to go along with them. Uh, the only thing on my body is uh, they're referred to as strawberries because they're basically like red blotches. of. They're not really a, – it's a permanent red blotch, I guess. It's not a scar proper. But on the right side of my body, like my hip and um, on – from from diving on concrete so i deserve that for being stupid to to dive on concrete
0: wait you i i i know i i realize that you dive on concrete all the time and i think you're a crazy person for doing that but you're telling me that you have permanent injuries to your skin from doing that stop doing that
1: no you're right it's not worth it (laughs) duly noted and, and you're correct um the uh yeah i mean it's mainly because i have i've really my skin is kind of soft and like a baby so You couple that with, with doing stupid things and bad things happen. So, um, but now who's uh, a real man's man, James? No, 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 no. Anyway,
0: uh, just, I get a little boo-boo on on my knuckle. Oh, you're a real tough guy. James slides around grating his skin. Like it like on a a cheese grater. He's like,
1: Oh no, I'm just, ah, shucks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, apparently a scar on your body is the equivalent of somebody else's losing a limb like, uh, in uh, what's the, uh, the the movie um, Monty the, uh, Python? Holy Grail. Yes, exactly yeah. right. The Monty Python's uh, Holy Grail. But anyway, it, it really was merely a scratch. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody had to tell you you were you were bleeding, and your first instinct was, "Oh, I got to fix my glove." Not even that. So anyway, uh, no, I don't have anything cool to, t- and I'm not going to show anybody these scars either. By the way, <laughs> okay, um, get so, uh, I won't post yeah. them on Instagram, right? Thank
0: you. <laughs> which, uh, in case you need the reminder, we are at Hit the Deck on Instagram. So you know, please feel free to check out my scab.
1: Yeah, right. And, That's and again, marketing, right there. Sure. It's <laughs> uh, we, we we've we've talked about this in, in HTD's past, but. Basically, it's just to let everybody know out there that you do play with passion and you play hard. And like we said in last edition, that we play within the rules and stuff like that. So it's not to intimidate anybody. It's not to pat ourselves on the back or it's just kind of like a conversation starter, I suppose, if you have a cool scar on your on your knuckle or your hand or something like that. And uh you could hey, where'd that come from? And then you know, hey, it was playing deck hockey and made a save and that's what happened. So
0: Yeah, and if you have something cool, some cool story attached to an injury that you wanna relate to us, please hit us up on the Facebook page at Hit the Deck, or email us at hit at gmail dot com and we'll be happy to talk about it on the show. So uh so there's that. Yes, sir. So speaking of your general health and well being,
1: James. Yeah. Uh, how has your training been going? It's been going well, except in the three games that I've played so far this year, I'm failing miserably. So I tried to set a goal of scoring an assist each game. And I'm 0 for 3 for that so far. So I didn't. I don't think I recorded any points the, the first three games we played this year. And I'm looking to redeem that. Um, and uh, in terms of health and stuff, and Gary was extremely generous to lend me the DDP Yoga. So if uh, all you, if wrestling fans out there familiar with the wrestler Diamond Dallas Page, he has an excellent yoga system that's set up for men and women. And I've never done yoga before in my life. It's something you know I, I don't look it, but i've I've been exercising on and off for a majority of my time on this earth, but uh, I've never ever attempted to do yoga. It was just something that seemed I thought that was a little green character from uh, from Star Wars, but something <laughs> very you know no, that's I, the guy I, from spaceballs, James. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> so, so yoga just seemed to. to be very foreign. And I thought exercising meant lifting weights and running and cardio and things of that nature. So the cool thing, and and Gary's used DDP for quite a few years and, and has benefited from it. And I think anybody can too. So the point of that is that it's DDP walks you through it. He makes it very attainable. He's extremely encouraging not the least bit intimidating. He walks you through everything. You can take it at your own pace. He keeps reminding you of that. And he not only says that, but he does it too. He shows you. And uh, as Gary also said, that many wrestlers swear by it. And it, it's a great system. I've just dipped my toe into it. So I've only done about two or three exercise or routines from it so far. And uh, I'm kind of feeling the results already. It's really that quick. And for somebody, again, that I've never tried yoga in my life, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page made it very easy to follow, and you can follow it quickly, and you go at your own pace, and you follow what he's saying, and and the results will come. So you do have to put the work into it, but when you get the results, if you feel the results too, that's something you want to keep going on. So in that aspect of the deck hockey resolution, that's going really well, especially thanks to Gary for lending me the DDP yoga system.
0: All right, great. And I just want to clarify a couple of things. Since um, you you have been talking about it, the yoga – it's called a yoga system, but it's not like yoga in the traditional sense. It's a combination of of traditional yoga poses with cardio and dynamic resistance exercises, and it's really – it's a very comprehensive workout. It's not like, oh, namaste, you know, kind of – um you know the like the usual stuff you think of when you think yoga it's it's a lot more um active than that yeah. and a lot more uh i don't want to say a lot more of a workout but it, I, I mean it is it's a lot more of a, a a it's a lot more of an activity i guess than than uh traditional yoga which is very like slow and meditative this is this is a lot more i don't know aggressive <laughs> maybe I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but uh, I can't think of a better way at present.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. D- d- along the lines of what, what the American Rhino was saying is that, again, I'm d- trying to emphasize that I never did yoga before in my life. And one of the things that I thought yoga was it was just that it was slow and and you'd feel like you're falling asleep and you're doing all these crazy maneuvers and stretches. And I personally, I can't stand stretching. It, it's, it's vital and it's important. But I just don't have the patience for it. And again, the workouts I've done in my whole life and the sports that we play. I mean, deck hockey, you're, you're running around. There's always stuff to do. It's not like uh, golf or something, uh, as an example, which I do love golf as well. But you, you, you're right. It's resistance. You're using your own muscles. And, and and from head to toe, you're shooting every fiber you got in your body. And uh, it, it, you sweat. You get your heart rate up really rapidly. I was, could not believe how quickly, just doing a couple of things gets your heart rate up so fast. And it's action packed. It, it's it's interesting, and it, it's fun too. If you if you hate exercising or if you're looking to do something that's low impact, it's it's extremely. The idea of it is to go easy on your back and go easy on your muscle joints too. Like Gary saying, his knees have uh, barked on him since his running days in in high school and things like that. And any retired baseball player you may hear of, especially if he's a catcher, has multiple injuries with his knees and his lower back. Hockey players, the same thing, lower back, knees, ankles. Mm -hmm. So DDP yoga is, is designed to exercise and stretch at the same time and strengthen and get your cardio. It's like... Really, you know, he, he does the the diamond cutter and the bang and all that stuff. If you're familiar with with Diamond Dallas Page, <laughs> it's the, it's the full deal. It, it's great, all in one. And I thank you so much, Gary, for being so generous to lend it to me. And yeah, um, sure, I appreciate it very much. So no problem. Hopefully, next time we play, maybe we could see the benefits of that, where uh, the energy level is up. Because again, the last couple of games that we played, game one and two, I was okay, but then as the afternoon progressed, my shots got weaker and they got more and more off the mark. I was slow to get to the corners. And as a defenseman, that is a big, big no, no, <laughs> uh, was huffing and puffing a lot. And by the time the third game came on, uh, started, basically I was just married to the blue line. I, I could not run back and forth. I was out of breath and my arms felt like they were being weighed down by, uh, instead of a hockey stick, like, uh, you know, a hundred pound pipe or something so
0: well in um, your defense james it's also a function of the fact that uh, a lot of the people that we play with have a good decade on you
1: so there's that fair enough but um i was just glad that we had tommy on our team because he's uh he's a young energetic guy and and rob too he was he was on our team as well so those guys were excellent always being open Mm -hmm. and uh getting shots off and having plays going And, and i was just kind of able to just stay in the by the blue line and see how you were doing most of the games. So sure. I appreciate that.
0: Two more quick things about the the yoga thing, and then the commercial is over. <laughs> yeah, um, I wish we
1: were getting sponsored. By yeah, them.
0: really. So if for one thing, it's very low impact. So you know your joints. A lot of traditional exercises are are really hard on your joints, especially like lifting weights and, and a lot of the CrossFit stuff, this is very low impact on your joints. And in fact, it, the, the idea is to strengthen all parts of you. So it, it, it's, it's great from that standpoint. The other thing, uh, one of the big success stories from this program is a disabled veteran named Arthur Borman, who oh. when he started the program, he couldn't bend over. And now he's about as flexible as Dalsim from Street Fighter. <laughs> so uh, you know it, it it really does work if you stick with it. I unfortunately, as James said, I, I've been I've been doing it on and off for years, and I I, I try to stick with it, but I, I always seem to fall off. And unfortunately, I, I've again I I've been trying to do it now, and and I've been bad for the last week or, or week and a half. So I really have to find a way back to it. But uh, yeah, it does work if you keep at it. It definitely does have a huge impact on your you know your your strength your flexibility your your wind you know your cardio it's uh it's a
1: very beneficial program if you stay with it It, you get you get out of it what you put into it basically excellent excellent and and also too i don't have a big apartment by any stretch of the imagination and you don't need a lot of room you just need a, a workout mat or a yoga mat if you will um like DDP says, just some water and a towel and away you go. And it's most of the exercises, at least the the first few that I've done, haven't even taken more than 25 minutes from top to bottom, from beginning to end, putting the DVD in and taking it out. That's really so. They do get longer,
0: James. Mm, Uh, Sure. I think the like the big, the tougher workouts are, you know, the higher end workouts on the whatever, however you want to describe it, are, are close to an hour or more. But, wow. uh, yeah, the beginning ones are like 20, 25 minutes.
1: Yeah, and, and and that's the cool thing about it, too, is that's what makes it work. It's You have to put the time in. and You see all these gimmicks, especially the beginning of every year in January and February, where people looking to sell these crazy, stupid – I mean, some of the equipment that they sell, the nerve of these people. It's that really they should be thrown in prison for the lies and, and the, the stupidity that they try and rip people off with. So – in in terms of, of exercising, you have to worry – you can't get around the fact that you have to worry about diet and you have to worry about doing the exercises and getting the heart rate up. So it's – he has the full package. He has a diet that you could follow. If you want to lose weight, you could go and focus on that. If you want to gain strength, you can do that as well. So it's really adaptable and you don't need a lot of room, not too much time either. Quite frankly, if you're going to get in any kind of legitimate shape in your life, you should at least – if you're not going to be able to walk during the day or something like that, but you should, I think the minimum is something like a half hour Mm. of activity a day, as opposed to just sitting at your desk, staring at a computer screen for nine hours, you know? So, yeah. um, But yeah, so hopefully that, that'll help out with, uh, with the deck hockey and and I could actually put some points on the board for you and we could win some games. I hope.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll see. All right. That's enough. No more commercials. If, dallas wants to advertise on our show we'll be happy to talk about it till we're blue in the face but until then you know well, let's move on okay
1: <laughs> all right time to jump on that bandwagon all right uh, it's funny how that happens where this is gary's segment too so he, it was his idea and uh, we basically almost went a year without jumping back on it so now we got back-to-back weeks of, uh, of a fun topic that will get into our deck hockey point of view yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, basically if you are an NHL fan and you have been following the league news, then you are probably aware that the Montreal Canadiens who are in first place, they fired pretty much out of the blue. They fired their coach, Michelle Terrien. And, uh, th- They did that conveniently right after the Bruins fired Claude Julien, who had previously coached Montreal, and uh, they hired – I know this coincidence is going to blow your mind – they hired Claude Julien. (laughs) (gasps) What? I know. (laughs) I know. But uh, really, James, I mean, the reason I wanted to talk about this particular topic is the idea that a first-place team fired their coach. Now, I realize they got out to a big lead last year and they kind of choked their way uh, out of, you know, any kind of playoff run. And it looks like the same thing has possibly started to happen this year. They got out to a big lead early in the season and they have fallen on some difficult times of late. They've lost more than they've won lately. And, you know, maybe there are the telltale signs, but both seasons they've been plagued with injuries. And I think, I think there's, I don't know, there's something to be said for, you know, dancing with the one that brung you, as Mm -hmm. the saying goes. I mean, this is, this is kind of like, you know, from uh, it was just Valentine's Day this week. This is kind of like uh, dumping somebody who's who's maybe the 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 spark of excitement of uh, you know uh, when you're first going out ha- has has gone out a little bit. But this is dumping somebody who's who's you know a strong, dependable mate for like the crazy ex girlfriend <laughs> that <laughs> you know uh, you. You you had some great times with, but you conveniently forget that she was crazy and you know there's or ex boyfriend you know I don't want to discriminate but sure just generally the stereotype is the crazy ex girlfriend mm-hmm. so that's uh, that's what I'm going to that's the well I I'm can dodge for here. that by the way yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah uh, so yes so this is uh, I I I don't what do you think do you think. That they're justified in bringing this guy back, or uh, you know, should they, in your opinion, James, do you think they should have hung on to Terry and just at least given him till the end of the season to see what happens?
1: Yeah, again, I, I appreciate you getting me involved in this. Uh, I uh, just on the outside looking in, uh, first of all, Claude Julian, ten years with the uh, with with the Bruins uh, with a Stanley Cup championship there and as well, and I believe he's the winningest coach in Bruins history, if I'm not mistaken, over at least that that amount of time. And that's saying a lot for a very storied franchise. Mm-hmm. So and he was fired, quote unquote, on Valentine's Day from Boston. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, exactly a week later, uh, Tarion gets axed and then Claude Julien finds his way back behind the bench in Montreal. So I don't really get that. And it seems like it was a setup. So to answer your question, I agree, man. Um, You know, Gary and I are loyal guys. So we always stick with each other and um, give each other the benefit of the doubt. And we know how much work is put in and this, that and the other thing. So I'm with you. I, I would give the man a chance to see how it goes, because a great point. I mean, they are in first place in the Atlantic Division now. Um, we've talked about this in the past as well. And I'm sure on the, on this podcast too, that the point system is kind of strange and not fair in the NHL mm-hmm. and per- particularly with the, uh, the Rangers, Islanders and devils being in the metropolitan division, all in the same division. Sure. Only three of those teams will make the playoffs out of that. And, uh, for example, the Islanders, they fired Jack Capuano, their head coach, who yeah. I thought was really good but I'll I'll leave that to the Islander fans to um disagree with and, and prove me wrong on that. Well, uh, if you if fine. you listen
0: to the Islander fans, they waited half a season too long to fire Capiano. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's I true. mean, it's I true.
0: I work with uh an uh, Anthony who we mentioned yes. last week on our podcast. He uh the
1: beloved Anthony that we appreciate
0: so much. Yeah, uh, not not bro, not Anthony Sajazi, <laughs> Anthony Novello. Um, I love him too, but he whatever. of the uh hit-the-deck shirt picture, yes. he, you know, I remember him saying from pretty much from game one of the season, you know, they need to fire this guy. And I, I don't think, uh, you know, a friend of the show, Brad, I don't think he was too far behind. So, and, you know, Brad, feel free to correct us if we're wrong. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't mean to hijack the conversation with the Islanders, but, yeah, I, I think there at least you know they the Islanders had a lot of expectations after finally putting it together last year and making the playoffs and and they looked like they you know this was them finally going through a stretch where they could take a run of a few years and maybe break through and this year they just they haven't they have not been successful like they expected to be so firing Capuano at least was not surprising it wasn 't that that surprising this uh, i don 't know, man, I, like as you said, we are loyal guys, and even though I joked at the beginning of the season when we were handicapping the the teams that i i, wa- I thought Montreal was going to miss the playoffs because I hate Montreal you know i I think you owe a first place coach the opportunity to write the ship. And, you know, keep his team in the hunt.
1: Yeah. And the, the reason why I brought up the, the Islanders was just for this reason that they are they have been playing very well when mm-hmm. uh, weight took over. And now they are in wild card contention. Mm-hmm. But with the problem with the point system is that they're in the the uh, Metropolitan Division. Yes. And the New York Rangers, who have been having a pretty good season and not, believe me, the Rangers are playing the Islanders as we're speaking, by the way, as a, a recording of this podcast. but Well, not anymore.
0: Um, at, at the current moment, the Rangers have just lost to the Islanders.
1: Okay. So, uh, so there you go. So um, just as a point that the, the Rangers are currently leading the wild card in the Atlantic division at 75 points, and that's because the uh, Washington Capitals – have 84 points the pittsburgh penguins and columbus blue jackets have 77 points so they're the top three teams of the metropolitan division and are guaranteed playoff spots at the recording of this podcast these are the points so with the islanders being hot and now getting two more points as a matter of fact they trail the rangers by uh, 13 points so i i believe the wild card are you only allowed one wild card in each division so the islanders can only represent the uh the Metropolitan, if I'm not mistaken? I honestly don't remember.
0: I the, I thought it was just the next two got the wild card spots, but I could be wrong I hope, about
1: that. I hope that's the case because, yeah, Toronto currently has 63 points. So now that the Islanders are one point behind them, up to date as we record. So mm-hmm. the bottom line is that Gary said, going back to his original point, that Montreal is leading the Atlantic Division at 70 points. And then Ottawa and Boston are right behind them at 64 points and then Toronto at 63. So if they lose a little bit more ground, they could be on the outside looking in from the get-go. So um, hopefully for the Islanders and the Devils and, and, you know, I don't like the Flyers, but, um, you know, Florida and those teams that are all in the – in the Metropolitan Division, maybe they still have a chance at making the, the postseason. So that's the whole other issue there. So with Montreal, I, I agree. I, I would have stayed with, uh, like Gary so appropriately said, you, you know, you, you dance with the one that brung you and um, we all go down together and, and all that, uh, <laughs> all for one, one for all. So uh, in a in a hotbed of hockey, which is Montreal, I guess. Their patience wore thin, and they were just kind of afraid to uh, have deja vu all over again. But it just seems very strange to me that uh, their go-to coach, who was a an incredible success in Boston seven days before, becomes available. And then their current guy, uh, Terrian, just gets axed a week later. So really weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, bottom line, Montreal is a results town, especially – where hockey is concerned and you know, it's hockey is like a religion there. So it's possible that they had been keeping an eye on things all along and said, uh, you know, things are starting to go the way they went last season. And rather than take a chance on everything going South again, with the trade deadline coming up, we want to get a new coach in here now, if we can, and, and, and hopefully we can right the ship before it's too late. It's possible that they've been thinking along these lines for a while, but uh, the timing of this whole thing just seems suspicious. It's like they saw Julia and they were like, oh, Claude, come save us. We mm-hmm. miss you. And they looked for an excuse to fire Tarion. That's that's how I'm reading it. I could be way off base, but that's just how I'm seeing it.
1: Well, from hockey fans from other cities, that's that's how it looks like from us. So sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. So, you know, we, we brought up the WWE a couple times tonight, and that seems like a plot from the WWE.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And, you know, before, before we jump off the bandwagon, James, I know this isn't on our official on-deck rundown, but uh, I want to bring this up, too, since we're in the NHL bandwagon mode. This mm-hmm. is just something that's happened the last couple days. Uh, so if you haven't been following the NHL's disciplinary uh, rulings in the last couple days, yesterday, Ducks player Antoine Vermette was suspended. He was handed an automatic 10-game suspension for slashing a linesman. He uh, Basically what happened is the linesman... Dropped the puck on a faceoff before Vermette was ready. He felt like that was not fair, and he just kind of gave the line. He reached out, off balance, and gave the linesman a quick slash on the back of his. It was really a hard tap on the back of his leg to let him know, "Listen, that wasn't okay." And yeah, I I get I get the uh, the rule that you know you you have to protect your officials. Uh, look, the meathead fan in me. Wants to say it's not fair that these uh, these referees and officials can make bad calls and suffer no retribution. But I understand that all not just hockey, all sports they need to be able to protect their officials. The officials need to be able to make calls without fear of retribution from players, because you know you can't have players intimidating officials into making. call one way or the other because that's just anarchy. So uh, I understand from a a protecting the sanctity of your sport, blah, 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 you have to have some kind of rule in place to prevent this kind of thing. But 10 games is a lot for something that was basically just a show of frustration and and didn't actually wind up hurting the official in any way.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, I I did see the the clip of it um, Mm -hmm. and I agree. You, you, You described it perfectly. He gave a a, a tap with the the blade of his stick as he was skating by, and, and yeah, um, if you wanted to really be a jerk, he could have tripped the linesman. He could have done a lot worse things, or even, Lord knows what else. So it was just kind of like a, hey, you know, you screwed up there, buddy, and don't do it again. But yeah, I I'm not gonna. I'll play devil's advocate here too, despite being a Ranger fan. But um, sorry for the corny joke, that's okay. but it's uh, yeah, you have to like in baseball, if, if the if the umpire gets bumped by a, a player intentional or not, like even if the bill of like, um, um, excuse me, managers have gotten thrown out of, of baseball games because the bridge of their cap hit the umpire unintentionally because they get in their faces and they're yelling. that's an automatic ejection. Yeah, I so mean that's uh, right. not, not not
0: to derail the conversation, but that's something that uh, really does bother me sometimes. The umpires get right up in the manager's face or the player's face, and you know sometimes they can be the cause of the contact being initiated, Absolutely. and then the the manager or the player still gets ejected and you know fined and or suspended because of it. Absolutely, and, 100% and that's agree. that's just nonsense. That, right, that's and, some nonsense right there.
1: Exactly. And that that goes back to the original point, too, is that uh, the, the duck player, he, you know, it was something that uh, was just kind of a warning shot, if you will. And and he did show a lot of restraint, especially if you see the highlight. I'm sure you could probably Google it or whatever the case is. And you, if you're not l- really looking for it. And another thing, too, is you can't get away with anything anymore. No. Like the song said, the, the night has a thousand eyes. Now the night has a billion eyes because mm-hmm. everybody has cell phones with video and the camera angles on, on sports are all over the place. If it's hockey, if it's baseball, you're getting all these different cameras. You're getting arena cams that, that are always going and are always in different places. So you can't get away with anything so I think he realized that and uh, OK, fine. The, the the league wants to make sure that their uh, system stays into effect and exactly. You don't want chaos, but there should be a case by case basis. And I hope and, and they are fighting the the band, too, because 10 games, you're right, man. I mean, in hockey, especially this time of year, um they're in the midst of a of a postseason run. You know, I don't know how good or, or bad the player is or whatever the case is, but yeah. that that's pretty significant. But this whole and thing I a bit extreme. Sorry.
0: I'm sorry to run you over there. No, but what I was gonna say, this whole thing goes back to what the conversation we had last week about passion in sports. Because yeah. obviously the or at least obvious to me, what I believe that the reason why Vermette slashed the official is because he was upset about what he felt was an unfair face off. As you said, this time of year, you know, every little bit can count. You know, it, these games and and the points that go with them can turn on a dime. He was he was probably just upset that he felt like he was cheated out of an opportunity to win the face off and he just get, let his frustration get the best of him and he tapped the official. This was against Minnesota Wild, by the way, that uh, was the other team, the team on the other side of the face off. And conversely, he he got a 10-game suspension for that. Conversely, also coincidentally against the Minnesota Wild, today it was handed down that Detroit player Gustav Nyquist, he, in a game against, as I said, the Minnesota Wild, basically he was in a scrum where he was fighting for the puck, and the Wild player, Jared Spurgeon, he... Cross checks him in the back from behind now, I want to say right up front that 's not cool you know it's it 's not okay that he decided to just cross check him from behind, but this is something that happens literally all the time in hockey you know this is this is nothing new you know he he wasn 't in a vulnerable position where you know he, he could be boarded or he could be really severely injured from that cross check it was just It was a jerk move on Spurgeon's part, but it's part of the game. But Nyquist didn't see it that way. His reaction to this is to get up, set himself, spin around, and basically try and dig the blade of his stick up under Spurgeon's (laughs) face mask. And he got him like on his cheek about halfway between his eye and his mouth. I mean, this happened like that. So he probably, you know, his his aim probably wasn't that precise. It was precise enough to know where he wanted the stick to go, but not precise enough to say, hey, I'm going to make sure I don't blind this guy. You know, you don't try and get the stick up under the guy's mask just to send a message. You know, you want to hurt somebody at that point.
1: Yeah. And and that's something the rules are there. You're responsible for your stick. And we remind each other that all the time when we're playing deck as well, because a lot of times the sticks will go up and none of us wear masks. Maybe we should, but that could be really dangerous. And, um, like we said for next week, when we talk about the, uh, anniversary of the movie slap shot, there's even a character in there that claims that he could poke a guy's eye out, carve a guy's eye out Mm -hmm. with the, with the blade of a stick. So I did, before we went on air, before we recorded, I should say, mm-hmm. tonight, watching the Ranger-Islander game, they showed that Nyquist's uh, Surgeon, uh, Spurgeon, excuse me, play again. And what happened was Nyquist, yes, he went up too high, and, and there's, that's inexcusable. But if you look at the, the, the replay, Nyquist said that, and it's true, his elbow was hit on the boards there, and that completely changed the trajectory of his stick. So that's how he was able to go under the mask and hit Spurgeon like that. And it was inexcusable and it was dangerous, but uh, he did not mean to do that much damage or go to the to, to the face. So,
0: yeah, I'm James, sure that- I, I, respectfully, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. Okay. He said he said that his intent was to pull his stick around and cross check Spurgeon back. But if you look at his eyes and the way that he. He contorts his body when he pulls that stick around. I believe that he meant to do some damage. And and if if you disagree, that's fine. We can disagree, but you're not going to convince me otherwise.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, he, he was looking to hurt, no question. But I don't think, and if you watch the replay again, from what I saw, and again, I just saw this once. I didn't that's see fine. it happen and, and, and all that stuff. So if well, I'm I, didn't, completely I didn't see okay. it happen
0: either. I just saw the alert yeah.
1: and I looked into it but it it did it did jive where it his elbow was affected, and that did in turn uh affect where the blade of the stick went but yeah hockey blades are dangerous they uh you could do a lot of damage with them you could it's talk about scars mm. you could really knock teeth out, you can gouge out eyes or worse or if there is anything worse than that uh you could probably even cut somebody's neck a little bit or whatever the case is i mean we've seen that happen with skates. Where uh, players have gotten cut pretty severely because of those, so it's an it's a no no. You you rule the thumb when you're playing hockey is you always keep the stick on the ice because you want to make a play. But uh, the other thing is that you never bring up a stick because in the past there have been some major damage done from players that didn't wear it before they wore helmets, swinging sticks around and strong guys on skates swinging these hockey sticks like clubs. You can really do major damage to somebody. So they don't tolerate that at all. So you're right, man. I mean, the fact that Nyquist came up with the stick at all is kind of like when you get in a car accident, if the, the front of your car is hurt, you're wrong automatically because you're supposed to be responsible of having enough, uh, area between you and the car in front of you, for example. So once you kind of hit that uh, red alert aspect, then intentional or not, You're kind of you got to pay the the consequences.
0: Sure. But the reason I bring up this whole thing is because, you know, Vermette got a 10 game suspension for giving a linesman a love tap with a stick. Nyquist, for coming that close to taking a guy's eye out, intentional or not, he got six games. Now, I mean, I'm sorry. If you if you are that reckless with your stick, regardless of what the circumstances are you should get more than a 6 game suspension cuz you know that's the league always says when they're ruling on these things that whether or not the person was injured it shouldn't weigh into the decision and you you can't i'm sorry you can't be that reckless with your stick and get such a light ban i literally a day after the league hands out a 10 game ban almost double the the amount of games suspended just for, you know, having the audacity to touch an official to, uh, uh what, what's the, I forget what the term they used was, but, uh, basically it was, um, basically it, it was a, a 10 game suspension for assaulting an official.
1: Like, come on wait wait wait. They, they, they consider that assault I, I don't remember I if that's that, but, okay. I don't
0: remember if that's the exact term they use but that was the gist of it it was you know basically endangering an official or, or something to that effect
1: your point is absolutely 100% correct because and and, and I think the other point that that we're trying to at least I'm trying to make here is that you take it on a case-by-case basis so the you, excellent observation. Both of these things happening in front of everybody's eyes, and, and a day apart, just so happened. But yeah, Nyquist deserved at least the ten game suspension for. I mean, the the movie we're going to talk about in, in a little while too. Talk about Marty McSawley a few years ago, that he uh, off the ice got in trouble. It was uh, you know he had uh, court time to to and 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 you know charges brought up against him for hitting somebody with the stick mm. and, and knocking them out. So, yeah, uh, that should be – and especially with the NHL is so sensitive with, with concussions now that if you're cross-checked and things, it's kind of like an automatic, don't do that. So uh, things being equal, it, it, at minimum, yeah, uh, Vermette maybe. If he should get any suspension, okay, three games or something, I think would be more than reasonable because he did show restraint and uh, he did kind of stand there a little bit in the faceoff circle when he wasn't ready for the uh, the the drop of the puck. And that's shame on the linesman for that, man. Let's be honest. So to to just get him where he knew he wasn't going to hurt him, he knew he wasn't going to hurt the ref, the the linesman. He wasn't going to trip him. He could have done all nasty things to him, even rush him or something. But he did not. So exactly. Take it on a case by case basis. I understand you have to protect your uh, referees and linesmen. But if they're human, they make mistakes as well. And uh, if anything, Vermette should be kind of um, commended in a way for, for showing restraint and, and having just a little example of like a love tap, for lack of a better term, as opposed to Nyquist who, okay, intentional or not, brought a stick up. And anytime you bring that blade to the neck area or above, that's – you should not be playing in the NHL, quite frankly. That's they don't tolerate that nonsense and and nobody should. I They're have hockey or anything else. Sorry James.
0: I have looked it up and the official infraction that he committed was applying physical force to an official without intent to injure.
1: And that's 10 games? That's 10
0: games. So well, okay. Uh, but okay, they get but, your money's worth then. <laughs> but th- this is my point. This is exactly my point here. So the department that makes these rulings is literally called the department of player safety but my question is is the nhl more concerned with making sure that it doesn't look bad that it takes care of its own image than it is with taking care of the actual players that play in its league Because, I mean, this isn't the first time something like this has happened where, I mean, think back to when Sean Avery got his, uh, you know, like half season suspension or whatever for, for using a bad word in the locker room. Yeah. You know, like they're so hypocritical when it comes to these suspensions. You know, they, they, they say like, oh, you know, you have these, these people, these players, they're role models, and they have to set a good example. So, you know, we take that very seriously. You think these guys are setting a pretty good example when they take swipes at people's heads with their sticks? Or, you know, they, they, they charge at somebody who's defenseless from halfway across the ice and board them in, into a you know, concussion or worse? Where's the line? You know, what, I, I said this last week when we were talking about uh, Charles Oakley and, and, and being that guy. Where's the line? You know, I mean, it it comes to a point where you have to set aside the optics and address the actual tangible risks that are happening in the game. And I, I think I just think it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Fair enough. All right, I'll get down off my soapbox now. But hey, if you have an opinion about this, or if you agree with me, or if you agree with James about you know, Nyquist intentions, or if you have an uh, opinion about whether or not the Department of Player Safety is hypocritical or doing enough or what have you, weigh in on our Facebook page. You know, Start a conversation. We'd love to know what you think, whether we're right on track or whether we're way off base. And uh, you know, maybe we can all learn something
1: if nothing else we can argue on the internet because isn't that what the internet's for absolutely and telling the truth that's what the internet's for
0: speaking (laughs) of the internet it seems to me that there is a delightful hockey film that you can watch on amazon prime and james is going to tell us all about that
1: yeah and it's going to tie in everything that we were just talking about as well i can't wait the yeah the um the life and times of and, – and he's still going strong. He just turned 59, as a matter of fact, on February 9th. Chris Nyland. So if you're a hockey fan that grew up in the uh, – or, or at least was – was, a, if you were a hockey fan in the uh, 80s through early 90s, you know Chris Nyland very well. He came up through the Montreal Canadiens and, again, speaking of that franchise before – and his role was strictly an enforcer so the game was much different 20 some years ago mm. where each team did have a, a goon if you will that was designated to protect the quote unquote star players but not the so, goon
0: from no, uh, not right. the WWF
1: the, right yeah that 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 embarrassment but um, so nylon came from that, and the name of the of the documentary is called "The Last Gladiators" because that's basically dun, dun, what they, dun, were. Dun,
0: dun, dun, they were.
1: They were. I love that show. Yeah, these are more like like uh, Roman gladiators, though. But anyway, uh, they they were basically paid to to fight, and Play. they had
0: ice Ye- laser. I don't remember their silly names, but i I love that show. I'm sorry, please continue i could I could go on with
1: this all night, and I shouldn't so just hey, hey while you're on Amazon Prime, maybe you could watch some old episodes of American gladiators. I don't know check it out, but anyway, although yeah. just
0: uh speaking of gladiators and American gladiators in particular. Mike Lee, who was the co-host of American Gladiators, was just diagnosed with. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if he was just diagnosed, but it just came out that he had. Um, he exhibits the signs of CTE, which is the kind of the the brain injury that a lot of uh, football players and and contact sport athletes have started to show, which basically. Uh, it it really messes up your brain. It, it's the result of a lot of concussions and hard hits, and it results in dementia, and 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 you know in in some cases violent behavior. And it, it it's it's not cool. It basically is. It's not cool. Is what I'm saying. So, Mike Adamly, for all of the entertainment that you've given us over the years, and and really just as a human being, I, I wish you well, and I hope that uh, you can. Maybe not recover, but I hope that you can deal with this and and still lead a full and long life.
1: Yeah, Amen, and and that kind of goes in with the uh, the Chris Nyland story as well, because uh, he goes through his Lord knows how many scars he's had, how many operations he's had. Uh, he you know so his nickname was Knuckles, and basically every game he had a target on his back, and and guys like him in the time I'm sure everybody is familiar with the name uh, Bob Probert. And, uh, Ranger fans, we all know Ty Domi. It's funny because Domi and Nyland were so similar. They were, they were not the tallest of men, but they had heart and bravery and they were strong as oxes and they could fight. So, uh, it was funny that the Nyland did play for the Rangers a brief time after he was with the Canadians and won a Stanley cup with them in 86, Hmm. but, um, he just missed being teammates with Domi and then Domi took over. And, but both of them had run-ins with Bob Probert because Probert was, I believe, the majority of his career, at least from what I remember, he was with the Detroit Red Wings. He, a Big man, like 6'3", 225 pounds, built like a truck. And he was probably the enforcer of all enforcers. So we've seen many a fight between he and uh, and, and Domi as Ranger fans. Chris Nyland and he tangled a lot. And, uh, other guys like those men, but the, exactly the point is that, uh, Chris Nyland had a tough life. He loved hockey. He really enjoyed playing. He was a good player too. He could, he had a couple of seasons when he had about 20 something goals and would put up, uh, you know, maybe 30 to 60 points or so at, at the height of his career, it's not but you, No, not at all. But he wasn't given the opportunity. He was just labeled the the enforcer and that was it. And he was a great team player. He bought into the whole Montreal Canadiens. If you mention his name in Montreal, people love him and appreciate what a great teammate he was and a a great uh, player he was. But unfortunately, all the consequences to that having to the pressure of having to fight every night, no matter what your condition was, if you were hurt, if you were under the weather, you had to perform, and that that and keeping up that machismo—it's just—it weighs on you so much. And these guys are human beings, so the documentary really went into that pretty deeply. Uh, speaking of diseases and, and and consequences of head injuries and stuff, Bob Probert, and they mentioned this in the documentary as well. He was only forty-five years old, and he passed away in two thousand ten in July, so almost seven years ago. And uh, hockey players are in phenomenal shape, so. I, I think it was all related to concussions and, and, and the hard life of being an enforcer, I believe. But I'm um, sure that would tie in with with Nyland's story as well. As he retired from hockey, he tried doing some other things to to bring in income like uh, he tried phone sales and things. And, you know, for a guy like that, that's not hmm. jiving. Yeah, yeah, he did try and get to coaching and he was with the uh, the Devils at one point, too. Um, as an assistant coach, but it, it just wasn't for him. So then he got into alcoholism. He got into painkillers and that, that same slippery slope. And hopefully he's back on the straight and narrow now and clean. And he does appearances and, and tries to help others and make sure that the same mistakes that were made to him don't happen to anyone else. And it's a really fascinating documentary. And if you're a hockey fan, I think you'd enjoy it. Uh, it, it It is a it's mature situations and things and some harsh language and it's very realistic but uh if you're a hockey fan and, and if you have children that that want to be hockey players it's a really good lifelong lesson to watch and observe so i recommend it
0: oh, that's great james thank you i'm definitely gonna check that out cool last minute remaining in the podcast oh thank you pops okay um so we hope you enjoyed this particular episode of hit the deck episode 46 uh we we actually talked an awful lot about injuries and, you know, the, the resultant effects of them, which was a nice little cohesive, unexpected cohesive theme. Please join us next week for the trade deadline where uh, we, we may actually do a little chatting about said NHL trade deadline. And what you may ask, does the NHL trade deadline have to do with a podcast about deck hockey? Hopefully we'll figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> we have a week hopefully we can find some way to connect those two things but in the meantime thank you again for listening to us thank you so very much we really do appreciate you spread the word if you enjoy this podcast please consider subscribing on itunes or stitcher we encourage you to email us at hit at to continue the conversation or hit us up on our Facebook page at hit the deck reminder, Instagram at hit the deck is going to feature my silly fist injury, but uh, it might be worth mm-hmm. a look just cause you know, it might be worth a chuckle. We of course, besides thanking you, which we do every single episode, we would also like to thank pops for being the voice of the podcast, Anthony Sajazi for music used in the podcast, the LIQ for sound effects. And we also want to thank all of the great, I don't know, NHL players that we've been talking about who've given us fodder for half of our podcast. And I don't know, I'm reaching here, but really, uh, I, I, just don't want to leave anybody out. Thank you to DDP for, uh, yeah. coming up with a great program that uh, is. is, being beneficial to both of us and could be to you too if you want to give it a try we really should try to get sponsored or something hey if you want to sponsor the hit the deck podcast hit us up at hit the deck at gmail.com and we'll be we'll shill for you all day we have no shame um i don't know anyway uh james please uh, to save me what have i forgotten what, what would you like to interject
1: Thanks for listening and uh, see you next time, guys. (laughs) All right. Well said.
0: (laughs) Well said, sir. Okay. So that being said, I would, of course, just like to give you one final reminder, whether you've been screwed on a face off or uh, cross checked from behind or or had some other ignominious infraction visited upon you possibly when you're playing the minnesota wild i would remind you probably not because i am of course going to remind you that it's deck hockey don't be that guy (laughs) thanks everybody oh i hope somebody enjoys this nonsense i do (laughs) All right. I hope somebody else enjoys
1: this nonsense. The more the merrier. Yeah, of course.
0: You're doing something right. Uh, Yeah, all right. If you say so.